You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I'm Cornholio, and tonight we're live with an amazing group of Guardians on the show. We got my co-host, Shadow Price. We have Shiraz coming to us from St. Jude and from formerly from Twitter. We're going to get to know Shiraz so much more on the show tonight. And tonight on the Destiny Show, we welcome an amazing Guardian, who loves Destiny 2 as much as we do. He has been a guardian in Destiny since the very beginning with Destiny and even before that, back in the Halo days. Shiraz is the Senior Director of Social Media at St. Jude. He's an incredible, incredible individual from an organization that supports children battling cancer every day. He is also the former marketing ninja from Twitter and Google. And we're so, so excited and honored to have Shiraz on the show tonight. We're going to learn also why, Shiraz, why do the Miami Dolphins make you cry? We're going to learn more about that in just a little bit. Guardians, welcome in. Thank you for joining us. This is the Destiny Show podcast, and we are live. So we're going to kick things off for our discussion with the Guardians, and we're going to ask you something that we ask most of the guardians that join us on the podcast and that is how did you get your start how'd you get started in destiny yeah what, well what's up everybody thanks for having me first of all i'm shiraz and uh great to uh chat with y'all y'all um how did i get started in destiny well i'm uh i played a lot of halo in my day and like, <laughs> like i said a little bit earlier not to date myself but i've been i've been gaming for for a long long time since the 80s but uh yeah for me um, it was around high school, college when Halo came out. Um, I became a, a pretty big fan of Bungie right off the bat there. And um, playing Halo 1, 2, and 3 were uh, foundational <laughs> in my growth as a, into an adult. And uh, yeah, I mean, coming from, uh, from that, Destiny just kind of seemed like the more next, of course, step. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Bungie shooters and 
when I saw what Destiny was offering, I, I joined the Alpha. I was all all about it. I was I was there grinding since day one. That's really cool. Now I gotta ask: Did you get a chance to get into the Alpha or the Beta? Yeah, definitely. So I got into I got into all of them, I, and then uh, I, I remember I probably spent. Um, maybe maybe too long as most people on on the character creator for the destiny one alpha on my playstation 4 and my titan which is basically me i i'm i've i don't have any other characters so if you want to talk about that i'm happy to but the titan i am the titan and for me the look of my exo that's exactly what i made the first day of that like first hour and a half or two hours i spent on the character creator screen even though there weren't a ton of options that's what i picked and and that's what i still rock That's really, really cool. And we're going to learn more about why, because I am I'm really curious. And we actually had a question from one of our community members. Katie wanted to know, why won't you be a hunter main? (laughs) I you know, this is probably going to maybe upset a few folks, but I have never, never even created a hunter, let alone. Uh, wow! Put one in my hands. I, I have never, I've never even touched the. I play on controller. I've never touched the controller as a hunter either. So I, I have no idea what it feels like or looks like, because Titan is the best. Doesn't matter. In, I don't want it. D one or D two. Exactly. I've nope. Never wow. touched hunter. It's, <laughs> I've been I don't think I've ever heard that before. <laughs> yeah, I've never touched it. I, I technically had a warlock. It's a it's a backpack. I had to create one, you know, obviously with D2 and the inventory. My locker was out of space. I I, I broke down finally. I did create a warlock. Mm-hmm. I deleted it shortly after. I was so mad at myself for creating a warlock. Uh, I, it, I I felt betrayed. I betrayed all Titans. So I only have my Titan now. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, and Hunter. I mean, uh, I I like to punch. I'm a, I'm a puncher. I, I think I saw on Crucible Report my number one uh, weapon of killing in the in, in PvP has been my fist. So I uh, <laughs> I lead with that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely identify as Titan. It's 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 my go-to. Uh, yeah, just Hunter and Warlock are just not for me. You know, because I'm a Hunter main, right? So I mean, I'm on the totally opposite spectrum that you're from. But <laughs> exactly. You know, but I did make three characters because back in the day when Destiny 1 came out, my luck was just not very good. And I needed three characters in order to make sure that I have three chances and sometimes six or nine. We're not going to talk about that tonight, but we had to really grind to get things like Gallarhorn and a lot of other really sought after weapons. So it's been it's been a journey getting here and and man so so great to meet you and i'm i'm curious so you're also a halo fan now i'm curious yes what was the first halo game that you've ever played and what was that experience like for you oh hey yeah halo one i mean uh halo one uh combat evolved (laughs) It, it so back in the day and you still have to kind of do this i guess but um forced bundles right were a big thing like you have to buy this bundle so i went to electronics boutique to put my pre-order down i traded in my dreamcast and that's a that's a whole other story i'm still mad about i traded in my dreamcast which i should have never done 
but I traded it in to put my freaking deposit down on my on this new Xbox coming out. And I was kind of an, I was I was anti Sony at the time. I was a fanboy there. I said it. I was a fanboy. I, I'm kind of whatever now. I, I play everything and I own everything. But, you know, you always had to pick one. So I was definitely Xbox all the way um, when I got it because I was anti Sony. So Sega didn't exist. So I had to hop on the Xbox train. So that's kind of my why I chose the Xbox. But when I put my pre-order down, they were like, we'll, we, well, we were sold out of like the regular pre-order if you just want the console. And I had never even heard of Halo. I think I saw maybe a, like a picture of it. And this is obviously pre-internet. So I had no idea like what I was going into. And they were like, you have to get this game. Oddly enough, the game that I really wanted that I was excited about was Fusion Frenzy because it was our party game. It was like our <laughs> it was like our Mario Party replacement. Because, again, this is like, yeah. you know, like senior year high school, like we're excited. So for us uh, and my friends group, we were really excited about that because we needed something other than Mario Party. But we got this game. I had no idea what it was. I popped it in. I think, again, I, I played Fusion Frenzy first. We played for like five hours. My friends had went home and I popped in the Halo disc that night after all my friends had already left because I had to show off my shiny new console and when we actually picked it up. And when I put it in, I don't, I don't think I slept that night. I think I, I played it like halfway. I played half of the campaign, like just that night through until like the sun came up. It was wild because it, it sucked me in so much and it felt so good. And, you know, Master Chief, obviously, who doesn't want to be a super soldier, just completely crushing everything. And and the look of that game and the feel of it was something I'd never experienced before. So I was like, you guys. And then it was a multiplayer. And I was like, oh, my God. I told my friends, you guys, you got to come over. We got to, like, play this on Friday. And then that weekend, that first weekend, when we found out, like, because I only had one other controller. I bought two. And, of course, with the Xbox, you can plug in four. So we we stopped like an hour and a half in that friday night and i and a couple of us went to target and we all pitched in and bought two extra controllers and we played probably until like sunday afternoon at my house uh that that first weekend so we played a ton of halo one but again it was super foundational for me in terms of like it was so we obviously there was no xbox live yet like you had to play couch co-op couch multiplayer and and then we found out like a couple of weeks later that you could plug multiple Xboxes together. Oh my God. And then that was, that was it. Game changer. We had four Xboxes, uh, you know, just every, every one of my friends that came over and played, they went and bought an Xbox and Halo cause they, they wanted to join in. So Holy crap. What a, what a time to never be replicated. And I'm so glad I was around for, everybody for that. Everybody bought their TVs. Everybody bought their Xboxes over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm, uh, God bless my parents because they allowed it. But they, yeah. <laughs> we like, I was, we weren't the kids getting into trouble or going out and doing like crazy things. Like everybody every weekend came to my house and we all connected four TVs, 16 controllers, <laughs> four Xboxes. Uh, so there's, there's, we had a guest bedroom behind mine. Um, so there would be, you know, eight or 10 or 12 kids, like in my room, eight, 10, 12 kids in the other room. Cause we, uh, you know, obviously only eight people could play, but like everybody's screaming and yelling. Anytime you did like a really cool kill, we would bang on the wall. Like that was between the two bedrooms. Uh, cause I had a couch in my room at the time. Like it was, it was wild, uh, the land parties we had. So mm -hmm. it was just such a formative time. I think um in gaming but of course when you're young and a teenager like that that was like the greatest so it's a solid memory that i'll, that I'll keep forever but man that with halo one is like never to be replicated again i've never had that but destiny comes pretty close but 
land part as well. Yeah, Destiny, I feel like, is the natural evolution of what Halo was. You know, it's like the it was they had such a social game at the time with all the, the land parties, just everybody be able to connect, you know, and and it just like forged forward with Destiny, you know, everybody getting to play together, you know, it being such a social game that it is. Yeah, exactly. And for us, like when Destiny one came out and you know all of us <laughs> with the botched xbox launch we we all of us my friends included um <laughs> like went to the ps4 you know like most pop people probably did uh, so we went to the ps4 because also like we heard destiny was coming out for that and that was from bungie and um for us now now we had grown up you know folks went to college they went away now everybody's in different cities working right like we're living our adult lives we're we're not as close we can just drive on over three minutes and hop on land like we used to when we were in high school so for us being able to socialize destiny became our game um so like honestly like the first year of destiny one probably felt like uh it felt a lot like halo um for me because it was just us just older hanging out <laughs> getting kills in, in the crucible there's one thing that tells me that you are a hardcore gamer that's land parties. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you I guess you so. have to yeah. be a hardcore gamer if you're going to go and do that. And that's like the ultimate way to play. I remember when we had we had land parties back in Halo during the Xbox era. And it's almost crazy to think how far we've come. Oh, 100%. Like we're, we're spoiled. We have BIM. We have all these things now that, man. Yeah, really absolutely. And even like esports too. I mean, like uh, when when Halo One started to kind of obviously blow up, right? Like there was no pro scene until like much much later. So like for us, we were kind of at the start of it all because I remember there was a bunch of us like we would go to we, again we would take our TVs, pack them up, put our controllers in our Xbox and backpacks, and like drive on over to like tournaments that we would hold here in the San Francisco Bay Area and. I go to like holiday inns for like tournaments to win like EB gift cards and like GameStop gift cards and stuff. It, it was a wild time. And that, and that's like le- legit the beginning of like, in my opinion, like the, the birth of, of just kind of like console esports, Right. Cause, cause it wasn't really on console PC had it of course with like quake and, and whatnot at the time, but first person shooters, like having that experience, in like an esports esque environment, like didn't exist yet. So being at the, like at the beginning of it was pretty, pretty fun. It's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome to see how far we've come and to see the evolution of gaming as we have it now. I feel like we were so spoiled today with our insane graphics cards and, and high frames. And it's, it's just mind blowing the gaming capabilities that we have today that back then when, when we were kids, I mean, never thought this would be even possible i didn't at least absolutely i mean what's going to happen next you know psvr2 just came out like in 10 years what's going to what's it going to look like you know it's it's just wild to think about i remember when n64 came out and i saw you know mario 64 for the first time as a kid like my mind melted i was like this this is the pinnacle of graphics like nothing is going to ever look better than this and then of course like you know that's not the case but at the time i was like man mario 64 like this this is real life this is wild so we have a question from one of our destiny community members cold death thank you for your question what are your thoughts on zavala or will we 
avoid repeating your conversation with Kendo. Please, please explain that. What are my thoughts on Zavala? Uh, like, I mean, he's my commander. I'm a Titan. That's my guy. That's my guy. I mean, I, uh, when, when did that show up where you had to pick like Zavala or the Drifter? I was Zavala 100%. Like, I don't remember what season that was, but uh, anything Drifter wanted, I don't trust him. So, you know, I had to sign up for whatever Zavala wanted, whatever he wanted done. That was it. That was me. Zavala's my to, guy. Had to go with the commander. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a Titan through and through. You're going to you're going to really hate me then because, um, you know, I wanted to ride on the wild side, you know, see, see what's going on with the drifter. So unfortunately, I picked dark side there. I, I admit it. Now, Shadow Price, what did you pick? I picked. Wait, was this this was uh, we could do it on multiple characters, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So I, yeah, I, I picked the drifter on one and I picked the Vanguard on the other, you know, because I had so experience he's both. Game twice so he can go and play on multiple accounts. I he's pretty hardcore. That's how he plays. <laughs> I the had game. to see both stories through, you know, you got to see it. You got to know. <laughs> it. So we have another question from a Destiny community member, Thomas Dorico. Thank you for your question. When will you ever finish the Forerunner Catalyst? <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I do need to. I do need to finish it. Uh, man, I spent a lot of maybe probably too much time in PvP. I'm a masochist. I, I spent all my time in PvP. Me too. Um, <laughs> so, so for me, uh, yeah, I ha somebody has to drag me into the heroic uh, Star Horse stuff. I have to. Someone, please carry me. Someone in chat. Anybody carry me I'm, I'm so close to finishing and even getting the catalyst i have to get the catalyst first so right, yeah how do you I even do... get the catalyst like i don't even know do... i think you have to level up one of the, the star horse the star like, horse or i'm yeah. sure chat would know for sure but it's one of those things you get to level up and max right making a max out one of the reputations so oh yeah uh, the links I... are up i see okay yeah all right so you know i've got to do dares you gotta do a bunch of dares. yeah oh my god that's probably why i was like i can't i can't do this over anything that's like grindy like that i just gave up i'm just like i can't do it uh, i'll do it for like a month and i'm like all right this is going nowhere i'm out back to back to the back <laughs> to jack PvP. four i go yeah <laughs> i think give me back burnout yeah i'm back on burnout yeah exactly <laughs> so I, I gotta ask shiraz what is the yeah. most challenging title that you've obtained in destiny thus far you've been playing since the very beginning what, what was that greatest challenge you're super it's proud funny of? because it's 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 relative right like I, the one i'm most proud proud of is probably unbroken um the one i currently have is flawless so um that's pretty fun i'm i'm, I'm so close to gilding up hopefully i do it this weekend uh flawless times seven um oh, i'm so freaking close i just want to get it done but uh, yeah, I think Unbroken is probably the one I'm most proud of. Um, uh, the hardest one, probably Re Re Reckoner. Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. A solo, I did it solo, I, by the way. You are a masochist. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, doing Reckoner alone. And I did it oh, uh, like, like maybe. That means like, you did the reckoning over and over again. I did. I did. I did. I did it like 30 days. There was like a month left before they took it away. And it was like, uh, I forgot when, but it was like the one of the year in triumph things. And they were like, yeah, this 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 thing's going away in 30 days. So I, I and I wasn't even I had wasn't even close because I never I didn't really do a lot of gambit. So I was like, man, OK, I'm going to do it. I really want this. So I just just every night it was wild. I just I just grinded the hell out of it and I got Reckoner alone. 
So out of pure, pure mental fortitude, insanity, my nervous system and my, and my arthritis in my thumbs, uh, it probably gave me, I'm sure that was probably the hardest one because it was just mind over matter. It was a marathon at that point. So that's probably the hardest one. But for some, again, it's all relative, right? I know a lot of people love Gambit. So for some, they hate PvP. So like Flawless is like unattainable. So for me, the the climb to get luna's howl and the surprise of not forgotten blew me away yeah oh my god so like getting unbroken for the first time you know with the meme of unbroken um being a thing like i I had to get it so finally getting unbroken um was was such a felt like it felt like such a climb to me but i guess for some it's you know pretty easy but for me at the time it felt like such a climb uh, so I'm, just accomplishing that was was uh, one I'm pretty proud of. I wish Destiny had more of those now because that was just wild. That felt so fun. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm rocking flawless right now. Do you miss the pinnacle pursuits? Like when they used to have the pinnacle weapons and things like that to go after? Like I, Reckoner, Luna's Howl, Not Forgotten. What yeah, was the Red yeah. You know, Man, all those. I, I loved him so much. I, I, I can, I know... I have so many hot takes. <laughs> I, I have so many hot takes. Yeah. So like I can see why they don't have them, right? Like just as yeah. a player. Like they're super powerful and they have to be. Like if you're gonna, you know, do some hard, crazy stuff to get there. You would take right? them and into con- PvE content and it would destroy things. Like, yeah, yeah. Seriously, so recluse. <laughs> as a as a PvP main player, like I, I don't touch PvE. So like for me, getting stuff in PvP is what I want. And I really miss the Luna Howl, not forgotten type stuff. I, I miss when they were 180s. <laughs> yeah. I'm personally in the opinion that I don't think everyone should get everything type of camp. I don't think that that's just my opinion. I like there's gonna be stuff that I just can't do or can't get and and I, I should be okay with that unless I want to, you know, learn the mechanics or try really hard or practice or do those things. I think, yeah, unless you want in my, in my opinion, go for yeah, in my opinion, like the cool, like you, then you have something to strive for. Right. And I think destiny has been losing some of that a little bit. So my own personal opinion, you know, that being said is uh, I really miss Luna's Howl and whatnot because it, it did kind of become like a trophy, right? That you got, and obviously it was overpowered. And I can see why, like you know, it went away and it was sunset and, and capped and whatnot. But it felt like such a trophy at the time when you had it and were walking around with one that, like you know, especially in like an MMO, you want you want stuff, you want shit like people are jealous of, right? So I think yeah. that adds to the game. But obviously, you know, people people have differing opinions on that. I'm totally with you. And um, I was not lucky enough to get my unbroken title. I, just, I was not that hardcore of a PvP player uh, at that time. Although I did get my Luna's Howl. Thank you, Reb, by the way, um, if he's out there listening. Uh, he was very helpful and gracious to, I would say, pretty much carry. It was, it was quite a carry. Although at the end, I did clutch a couple of little moments that I had that I'm pretty proud of. But overall, oh, yeah. I think that, you know, it was not something that was achievable for me. My proudest Definitely. moment, you know what my proudest moment was? It was during the season of opulence because that was the 
only time that I could really consider myself like a really hardcore PvE player. Because I was doing flawless menageries left and right. I got so good at them, I was doing Sherpas. And that was during that season when I got my flawless raid done. And not like, you know, how you cheese it, but we legitimately did the entire thing. And it was just such an achievement. At the very end, I was just, my hands were shaking at that, that, that very last moment. Because I thought maybe somebody's going to die, and it's like we had an extra phase during Galran that we had to do. So it was just the pressure was on, but I was so proud of um, my achievements that season. I definitely um, obtained my shadow title, and I still wear it very proudly today. Oh yeah, that's amazing. I, honestly, that's like the best part of Destiny, right? It's like when you have those moments, you're just like, oh, that's so amazing. Like I climbed that mountain. I know like that's what they used to say back in the day, right? Like you want to climb those mountains. Um, and that's, uh, in my opinion, I think the best part of the game is like when you, when you do summit one of those, I remember when I got Luna's Howl, like I just laid down on the ground in the living room. Cause I was so happy. Like I was just like, so spent <laughs> grinding that uh, it, it felt so good. Um, <laughs> so I, I totally feel it. I remember doing, what, what was that thing in um, the, the season of the forge uh, where there was that room at the end that oh Niobe's lab yes oh my yeah. god so again i don't really do pve that much but for for but i, I did enjoy the forges uh but that last room like i just never got around to it because i'm not a completionist i don't have to have like every emblem in the game or whatever so i didn't really care but then uh again it was like moment of triumph like they were taking it away and they were like one of the triumphs he's like you have to do this and i was like oh god okay fine so a few of my buds, they, they, they helped me run through it. And, um, it, we got down to the wire cause the first day, like we couldn't finish it cause it was my first time. And there's so many freaking steps to it and like things you have to know and like where to shoot and like, oh my God, it was a mess. And there's only three people instead of like six. So that was wild. Uh, cause I get carried in raids. I'm, I'm awful. So I get carried in raids. So carry me through all the, th the strikes too. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But that, that thing was wild because like, we we didn't finish on Thursday or Friday or whenever you tried and then like reset was coming. We tried again on like Sunday and then like we had to like it just didn't work. We ran out of time. I couldn't get it. And then it was like Monday. It was like two in the morning Monday. And and we had we had said like last try like so many times and it was it was getting like literally to the end and we had already go got past the time because we had a few east coast uh one person was east coast on on the fire team so they're like yeah this is this is like six in the morning for me now like we have to stop this okay we were like finally last last try no matter what we're shutting down because reset like this thing was going away and i really wanted to finish it and we literally did it on that last last try um nice. the, the night like hours before reset basically so that was that was wild but i think we need more hard stuff yeah, that was really hard for a lot of people because I mean there was like a kind of scuffed um thing in that in that um event basically where you couldn't finish it and like Bungie had to like give like these clues and things like that I think if I wasn't mistaken I remember that I remember that yeah. it wasn't wasn't that like when um I don't know if it was raid secrets but it was one of those groups like uh, yeah they were led by a whole major community effort to solve the puzzle because it was so difficult. And I remember when it was finally solved, and the only way we really knew 
up to minute was on Twitter because people were posting literally up to minute updates about different findings that they had. Uh, I know Ra Raid Secrets were posting things and I think Glad was doing some some things as well. It was a really, really cool experience. And um, we made an attempt. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to leave <laughs> it at that. We tried. <laughs> we came and we we didn't conquer, but you know we we stayed a while. So there's that. Mm -hmm. So Shadow Price, I'm curious for you, what was your proudest moment in in Destiny in terms of your seals and triumphs? Ooh, wow. Well, I mean, I never got him broken either. Uh, that before that went away. I tried. I was always playing PvP to do it. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I, I can't, I can't think of any one moment like in Destiny 2. I, it wasn't like Destiny 1 where we like went flawless for the first time, like, you know, in Trials, in Destiny 1, you know, or beat the Vault of Glass like the first time. You know, it's, um, it's hard to say. I mean, there isn't, I don't think there's one moment that sticks out for me. Like, and, you know, I'm still trying to find it, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I'm still, I'm still searching for it, I guess. So, Guardians, TBD, we still have Lightfall that's coming in not even a month. We're, we're like three weeks away. It's an exciting time to be a Guardian. And we'll definitely, hopefully make some really cool memories then. We have the day one raid that's coming March 10th, I believe. So that's going to be an exciting thing to look forward to. And we hope that we'll have new triumphs to conquer as we get to play with Strand and our Superman powers. So next question we have is from a Destiny community member, Christopher Pruitt. Thank you for your question. What does work-life balance look like to you? Oh, uh, I mean, to me, to me personally, it's about working uh, somewhere, obviously, that you're passionate and valued and all that good stuff, but um, that you also have the freedom and flexibility to balance that. I mean, there's a lot of folks, I'm sure, that are out there that, you know, have employers where they they aren't <laughs> able to like just go away because their kid is sick or something like that. Right. It's uh, or take time off or do those things. So I find that pretty valuable when I, when I obviously look for employers and whatnot, but um, that's, so that's like top of my list. So that's part of it, obviously your employer. <laughs> and then I think work-life balance. I mean, part of it is just like the kids, how old are they? Um, what is your, what does your wife need? Like there's a whole, family dynamic as well and then part of that is like what do you need to do when it's your time right for me that's game so how do i fit that into the there's only enough hours you know in the day so how, how do i fit it in where does it go sometimes it's give or take so i think for me work-life balance is just making sure that you're able to still get out and do what you need to do to either have fun or or, or for work or whatever but nothing is suffering in the sense that like you're not taking away time where it shouldn't be taken away time from. So, I mean, like you don't want to really, you know, sacrifice time with your family, just to, like go be addicted to a video game. Like that's not good. Or you don't want to not show up to work because you know, you're, 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 you're 
just taking vacation days with uh with your family and not telling them right so for me just having that balance i think is finding that right um that right kind of venn diagram of hey like what can i do when is my time and finding that sometimes it's just schedule so for me what i do is basically when the kids are i call it dad gaming hours but basically when the kids and the family are sleeping right like uh late late night and i'm I'm a night owl too so for me playing super late 10 p.m 1 a.m 2 a.m whatever is is kind of my time to de-stress do what i need to do like game right so i do all of my gaming generally then because the weekends pretty much the entire time hanging out with the fam doing family stuff you know obviously there's the work day post work day again family stuff right so and i want to make sure i'm always there giving time and attention and doing stuff with the kids so and i have two so for me um yeah and it's really just getting me time all the way at night <laughs> before i sleep that's a really great strategy and i think that i can definitely take some lessons from that for myself um i i personally tend to i can very much you know appreciate the need to have that balance in your life where you know you're able to spend time with family and do the things that allow for you to have that well-balanced lifestyle instead of focusing on one or two things yeah. and sometimes you need to right and shadow price i'm curious what's that balance like for you um yeah it's pretty similar to what Shiraz said it's just like managing time finding the time you know because every day is you know you you have a schedule you have you have a routine you have things you have to get done you know and then there's the time in the evening where you can set a time aside for gaming once you've finished your you know things during the day and everything you know and it's just uh and that's the thing is just setting that time that that time aside to do those things you know it's it's important because you know it also you know it's good for the mental state and things like that too interacting with friends online and playing you know games socially and things like that that makes total sense and um it's definitely something that we need to be more mindful of as we get closer to lightfall because man it's gonna take time to level up and get our characters ready for what is next and you know speaking of employers i know that shiraz you just started a new journey a new chapter with a very well-respected organization that does a lot in the world uh saint jude and i'm um, i'm curious to know what is the importance of its mission for you personally and what's the experience like to work with saint jude yeah, yeah, definitely. And thanks. Uh, yeah, just uh, recently joined uh, St. Jude as our uh, senior director of social media. I mean, the mission itself, right, which is, you know, saving kids, finding cures like that's that. I mean, there's no <laughs> greater purpose, I think, to like, uh, you know, work on when you're when you're working with kids and helping them. I mean, it's just my, my whole like, I guess, outlook changed when I when I became a dad. And that's probably what happens to most parents i would i would assume right like you care more about them and and then some of the you know the trivial stuff that you used to care about you know just doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things so you know i i'm fortunate i have two healthy kids everything's great i mean and then 
Uh, you know, there's, there's kids out there that are dealing with some of the most traumatic and crazy diseases out there. Um, cancer, there's so many different kinds and they're nothing but happy, um, at St. Jude that's, you know, helping them out. Um, it's great. I think it's a great mission that they have, um, that they're able to, you know, really take care of and pay for everything when it comes to the whole family, uh, being there on site and getting treatment and whatever. And and that's kind of their whole thing. They they do it a little bit differently. They're, they're not just a children's hospital. They're also cancer research and, and all that stuff. So for me, um, cancer, obviously it's, it's pretty huge, but, um, my wife's mom recently passed, not super recently, but a little while ago passed from, uh, from, from cancer. And, and that was really tough. So, you know, I've seen firsthand how it, how it can be, um, on someone. So I think just the timing of it, you know, with everything, obviously <laughs> what unfolded at Twitter was pretty wild. So, so for me, um, being in tech and, and really pioneering social media, literally at companies that are social media, I was at Google and then, and then Twitter, um, I was at Twitter for like almost 10 years. So for me being in tech for like 12 years, um, you know, it's, it's like, Hey, I've, I've learned a lot and I've developed a lot. And like, what can I bring to somewhere that's going to be impactful? And, and uh, honestly, I, I never thought, you know, of going into nonprofits and then St. Jude and whatnot. And, and that mission was never kind of at the f- forefront of my mind, but when the opportunity knocked and was chatting with them and, you know, learned more about the organization, I was like, yeah, this is, there's literally no other greater thing that I, that I could do for impact with my skill set, So I was like, this is, this is, this is a great match. So for me, uh, obviously, you know, just seeing, you know, my wife's mom and how cancer affected that, uh, my wife was super close with her mom and so was I. So, you know, cancer sucks. So what can we do to basically cure cancer? So that's what they're working on. And for me being the social media director, right? Like what, um, what we're doing is, Basically, what we can do for the brand to continue to drive awareness, can continue to bring in new donors, um, you know, and shape them. So uh, I think continuing to tell the story for St. Jude and the organization, I think, is super important. And obviously, there's been a lot of awesome stuff that the gaming community is doing, um, you know, with the organization. So how can we continue to keep that ramping up? How can we continue to um, to grow? Um, and that's kind of what I'll be focusing on. That's really, really awesome. And it's such an important organization that does so much to so many children in need. And uh, I'll tell you that it was such an honor to get a chance to work with St. Jude last year as a podcast. And while we didn't really raise a whole lot of money, but just being able to share that mission and share that story using our platform, it meant so, so much. And, um, Definitely, it's it's been an honor to, you know, share their story and to help support the mission. And I love what you all do. And uh, cancer sucks. And um, hopefully we can come together to make it less of an impactful thing for the kids who are in such need. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you for all that. I mean, it's like, basically in my opinion, I think we need a lot more of that. Right. Because like when, when, you know, think of the gaming community, generally like we're, we're, you know, folks are a little bit younger. Uh, they're on Twitch, right. Or whatever. Like they're not thinking about children's cancer unless it's like something close or somebody that they know that they dealt with. Right. It's like not at the top of mind, but again, like when you become a dad or when you're older in life, like 
things like this start to kind of pop out at you. And maybe you're more financially off to like start donating and pick a nonprofit that you want to like do some philanthropy for. Like, you know, those things are probably topics of <laughs> that, uh, that are probably, you know, not what kids are thinking about or like what the youth, uh, what Gen Z, et cetera, that are gaming nowadays, you know, are, are thinking about. So I think any opportunity to kind of, tell the story for the organization, you know, raise whatever you can for that type of stuff and really start to instill the importance of it. I think with this younger audience, again, something that I'm going to be focusing on, but to me, that's like paramount because when they get older, they're going to be in a position to help and maybe actually donate or, you know, help spread the awareness more um, for that. So like, let's foster it. And then hopefully we can start to see those um, dividends like later on in life. I love that. And, you know, this gave me an impromptu question for you. And I'm, I'm yeah. curious, what can we do to make a bigger change and, and to support this important cause more? How do we create yeah. more awareness? Definitely. I mean, I mean, I'll probably have a way better answer for you <laughs> in a couple months once we start to kind of define the strategy and whatnot, since I'm just starting. But um, so for me, uh, in my opinion, I think it's like, you know, and there's so many, there's so many nonprofits out there, right? Like that people might think of, but when, when we're talking about like the next generation and like, honestly, like direct impact with, with what St. Jude's doing uh, to me, it's like a really strong organization. And the one most people should think about when they're thinking about donating any kind of money. So anytime there is like a, like a, a streamer or anyone doing a content creator, like doing something for St. Jude's, like any type of amplification, like any type of like, um, you know, awareness, of course, donation, bringing people in audience, like those are all like really, really important things. Obviously this is, you know, gaming specific, but to me, those are things that we could all do. Um, because again, there's so many organizations out there, but I can, I can, I've seen it firsthand how impactful it is to the families that are receiving the support and care and, you know, and medical help from, from St. Jude. Um, the, just some of the stats that I kind of learned along the lines, like, I mean, when they, when they were founded, like they had a 20% success rate with, you know, um, but when a kid came in, but they're at 80% now. So that means 80% of the kids that actually go in are, are making it out and, and are being cured in some capacity or it's going into remission, um, their cancer. So that's, that's, that's wild. And they want to go to hundred percent. They want to get rid of cancer completely. So they're, they're essentially the biggest cancer research facility in the nation. So for me, like I want to get rid of cancer. It freaking sucks, right? So how do we get rid of cancer? Well, St. Jude's is literally doing the research right now. It's unfortunate, but that type of stuff is super expensive. So that's obviously where the donation, all the dollars that they bring in are going to that. So so for me, that's really impactful. So once I learned kind of the scope and the scale of what type of research and how quickly and aggressively they're working on this stuff is like just mind blowing. So I was super drawn to it. Again, I don't think there's anything more impactful than getting rid of cancer uh, for us right now. So that's their mission. They want to they just get, get rid of it. So that's what they're working on. That's incredible. And, and definitely keep us posted on your mission and how we can support you all with the amazing work that you do. And thank you. Thank you on behalf of everybody suffering from cancer. You all do such incredible work and we're all grateful to have 
such an amazing organization out there and we will do everything that we can to support you all um as we can as well absolutely so, appreciate that shiraz um yeah on a slightly different topic you mentioned that you worked at twitter i did <laughs> I, I, I have questions and i don't know if we can ask but i'm gonna ask what yeah, was it go for it working at twitter <laughs> well it was uh the most rewarding and stressful and wild and fun ups and downs one could probably ever ask for <laughs> in any type of employment it was it's a great time learned a lot it was awesome again i was there for like almost 10 years i was just shy of my 10-year anniversary when when the the stuff happened um and the company was acquired by elon musk so yeah, feel free to ask whatever you want. Um, there might be some stuff I'll tell you if I can't answer, but yeah, for the most part, uh, a lot of it's pretty out there. But um, what was it like? I mean, for me at a personal level, it was amazing. I mean, there, we were doing stuff and pioneering stuff and, and working in marketing. Again, I'm in marketing, so like, you know, uh, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm just telling the story of the, of the brand and growing the brand and keeping people happy. So that's what I do. So for me, you know, what I was able to do uh, and why I loved it so much is I could really use my own creativity and being able to work on stuff that I was personally passionate about was was awesome and having the resources to to do stuff. I mean, for me, again, being a gamer, I was um, overseeing basically all of the consumer marketing and social media efforts for the company uh, in gaming and, and a few other areas too. Like I oversaw sports and and a few other things during my tenure, creators, uh, et cetera. So, but gaming was kind of my, my pet project um, uh, that it started out as until people started to see, you know, higher up the chain, like, oh, snap, this is pretty important. So, um, yeah, Twitter and Twitter gaming, we, we had an awesome team. And uh, that was one of the things under my purview. And it was just awesome to be able to work on stuff that was impactful and, and fun for me as well. So, uh yeah what was it like it was it was awesome it's wild that it ended the way they did that's a bummer <laughs> there may or may not be lawsuits involved as well so um it was it was overall a really good time and uh i it, it was awesome it, it was one, a, truly a one-of-a-kind experience what does your day-to-day -day job look like as somebody working at twitter are there blue birds everywhere i can imagine <laughs> blue birds there, but Probably not. Uh, yeah. So I was based in the San Francisco office, the old HQ, uh, as they say. So um, the headquarter office is obviously like the biggest one. And Twitter itself had offices like all around the world and, you know, pretty much every major big city, London, Tokyo, San Paulo, New York, etc. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of birds everywhere, as you can imagine. And there are um, you know, working in marketing and, and running that, like <laughs> we were pretty, it was pretty drilled into us, you know, all the brand guidelines and what, what you can do with the bird and what you can't do. Cause there's a lot of legal stuff and copyright stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, sometimes even now, <laughs> uh, like when I see people using the old version of the Twitter bird, like it makes my still, even though I don't work there anymore, makes my, uh, blood boil a little bit. I'm like, Oh my God, that's the wrong bird. Um, so there's a, there's literally physical birds as well, uh, everywhere in the office, not like real birds, but like physical 
icons, I guess, of of the Twitter bird um, everywhere. The all the all the office rooms, all the conference rooms, all the meeting rooms, etc., are bird themed and bird named. So you know, you can be like, oh, I have to go to Penguin because I have a meeting, or like, I got to go to Outlet because uh, I'm running late, or whatever. Like every single room had a had a bird name. So I learned a lot of birds that I didn't know existed. Um, there's 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 a lot of birds out there, which is pretty wild um so haven't you heard the bird is the word yeah a lot of bird puns as well a lot of bird puns um uh yeah so i could go on for forever uh about how many birds there are and all the bird related stuff i mean like all the employees were called tweeps uh um you know you would call home base the nest sometimes it's a little cringy and eye rolling now but there's there's a lot of like slang for stuff that's birdie <laughs> That's funny. Does Twitter really know us as well as we think they do? Like, do oh, they, man. How, how well do they know us as people? Yeah, I don't think Twitter personally, I mean, again, being in tech for so long, I don't think Twitter is the, well, who knows what it's going to be like in the Elon Musk era. It's a whole different chapter. But I don't think, from my opinion anyway, I don't think Twitter's the one to worry about when it comes to like big tech, <laughs> knowing like, everything about you that's pretty much meta and like yeah <laughs> it's like the way what i can say is like twitter's philosophy with data and what they would collect on users and whatnot um is way different in philosophy and practice than what companies like meta and others are doing which is wild i guess but like you know it's just tech you got to be really careful about you know all the apps and everything you use of course and internet safety is super important but yeah i I don't think twitter is the one that folks should have been worried about so on a slightly different topic what is what do you do in social media exactly like what is your what is your responsibility and what does your day-to-day look like yeah i think um anyone working in social media, right? And there's so many different types of jobs, even within social media. It doesn't really matter what the company are, right? There's community managers, there's social media managers, um, there's there's social media strategists and marketing managers. There's a whole slew in, of an org chart that can go into social media and, and people working at different levels. So basically, this is kind of like the Wizard of Oz. I'm going to be unveiling a little bit how the sausage is made, <laughs> but pretty much any type of like big company viral moment usually had some sort of manufacturing behind the scenes to kind of make it happen. So like, you know, when Disney or somebody's dropping a, a whole new movie trailer, like, and they do like a really funny tweet and it takes off and it, you know, shows up at the news and it's like in, in Instagram and whatnot, like there was a lot of work that went into that to like, really it's it's kind of an art form and magic really it's like being a sorcerer to like put all the pieces and 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 everything together to know that you know it's going to take off or not so what we basically do to kind of back up a little bit is like you're most folks are probably familiar with like marketing right they may not understand like what that is but basically marketing is like you're you're selling the brand or the idea of what it is um so every you know if if i say the word nike and and I ask, like, how does that make you feel? Everyone kind of has an answer, right? Because Nike has a feeling to it, right? You think sports or high, 
you know, lifestyle, um, like action oriented, etc. When I say Apple, it also gives you a feeling because you yourself like kind of have a feel for that company based on being a consumer. So Apple's generally like future forward, clean, like white, um, silver, right? Like there are things that kind of go along with that. So anytime you say any sort of brand, you have a feeling about it. Well, you wouldn't have a feeling about it if there wasn't marketing behind that. So marketing can sometimes help you adjust the consumer feeling behind something, right? Um, uh, you know, back in the day, Coca-Cola like changed Coke <laughs> and they released Coke too and people hated it. Well, like how do you come back and rebound from that, right? <laughs> like you had to market. So there are professionals in the marketing space and social media is one form, in my opinion, a big one, uh, marketing. So social media for most people, right? It's their first touch point when they when they interact or think of a company. Um, you know, you, a lot of people follow brands on, across different platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Um, and those avenues are across those different social media platforms are a way for a company to kind of tell their story on whatever they want, however they want, um, in whatever volume or quantity that they want, right? It's like free areas to do that, that people are actually listening to you. And there's other ways too, right? Like a TV commercial or a newsletter or whatever. There's, there's so many. Um, but, but in short, like social media is a really powerful tool that lets you connect your brand to potential customers, users, um, all that type of stuff. So it's, it's a, a great way to get, you know, immediate feedback. It's a great way to tell you, again, your brand story or influence a purchase decision, you know, like all of these things that brands think of. Um, so to me, social media is really just a marketing tool. Um, but it's, it's a way to tell and own how your brand is perceived um, across whatever it is that you do, right? Um, so whatever space or community that you're in. So every company does that in some sort of capacity, right? They want feedback, they have customers or whatever. Um, sometimes it's users, sometimes it's donators, sometimes it, there's all these different like audiences that people are trying to reach, right? So um, how do we reach them? How do we inform them? How do we um, uh, influence them, etc. Like there's all these levers that and this is like, I'm trying to sum up all of marketing and like, you know, really quick conversation here, but there's a lot to marketing. That's hence why it's like a, you know, a billion dollar industry, <laughs> like across and every large company has huge marketing teams. So social media is just one way to kind of do that. Um, and it's probably not what most people think of when they follow a brand or, you know, reply to a tweet or, or uh, interact with them uh, in some capacity. Um, but it's kind of like that first touch point that a person might have with a particular brand. Um, and it's also a way for them to interact in some sort of fashion as well. I think this is really interesting because the marketer in me is just geeking out right now because this is so great. And, <laughs> totally. um, I, you know, because I love marketing, I've been in marketing for 15 years now myself and I can appreciate effort that it takes to reach an audience and to, market a product or a cause or to you know reach your audience to maybe help to make things better yeah totally you know and really the mission that we had in marketing at twitter at the time was um basically you know how do we 
tell more people about the brand and how do we connect deeper with them? Um, so what my job was, was focusing on different communities. Again, gaming being one of them, being a main one. How do we, how do we distill our information or our brand to those folks and engage deeper with them? So, you know, Twitter gaming and all that stuff that we, what we do with other brands, other content creators, um, influential audiences, um, and then the communities themselves. Those are all things that we had to take into consideration when it comes to social media and what do you do, right? Because there's so many things you could do and so many things you can't do. And, and all of that, again, it's, it's a bit of an art form. So we, we did some really fun stuff and we did some, sometimes some really big stuff, um, as well. So that's kind of what I worked on while I was there at Twitter. And do you have a proud moment or a project that you worked on that you're extra proud of during your time in Twitter? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we did so much. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think the ones that I'm probably most proud of are like probably not what most people would pick, but the things that I'm most proud of are like, like the things that I was able to influence or like help a decision with. And like, cause I saw maybe what's going to work really, really well. And we were able to do that. Um, and then there was times where something cool just happened and I got to experience it. Those are probably my favorite probably <laughs> when something cool happened. Um, so back in the day I used to help, um, oversee vine as well. This is again, a throwback, but vine was before TikTok people. Um, <laughs> TikTok uh, is running because t- uh, vine walked. Um, so with vine, you know, we used to have, uh, sometimes a lot of celebs and big names come through and I got to meet a, a lot of interesting and we work with uh, some pretty awesome people, um, out there, um, and, uh, one of my favorites, cause I'm a huge nerd. I'm a huge Star Trek nerd as well. Um, I got to meet Sir Patrick Stewart and he came to the Twitter office one time and I was able to, from my phone and we kind of did this, we, we created a vine. Um, and I got to be there when we created it and be a part of it and publish it. And I thought this was the coolest thing. Cause I got to meet Sir Patrick Stewart. So Basically, the way it works is, you know, whenever uh, a, a tech company like launches a product, you know, when you push the button to like actually launch a new feature or update something, there's a giant war room. Basically, what happens is hey, we take over a giant room um, and you have like engineering, like basically pushing the code. And then you have like, you know, a bunch of other folks in that room and they're kind of all going around the table saying like, cool, good. Then like comms goes and like marketing. So goes and like social goes, like everything has a kind of an order depending on what the launch is or how big it is, you know, any type of launch, there's people working on it and they all have to work simultaneously to like green light or push the buttons at the same time. So it's kind of like a missile launch, I guess, but less devastation, more fun. <laughs> but, um, so Sir Patrick Stewart was, was basically there, um, on site giving, and we used to have like celebrities and stuff like give us talks at lunch and, and whatnot, um, at the San Francisco office. So he was there, um, one time cause he was just coming through, he did a talk. And then afterwards we were like, Hey, can we do this vine real quick <laughs> on the official Twitter at Twitter account on vine? And he was like, yeah, yeah, totally. So we kind of pitched him the idea. I was able to help um, craft that. Cause again, I'm a huge star Trek fan. So, um, so for me, the next generation is pretty awesome. It's like a, it's like a must watch series if folks haven't watched it. So we, we basically had him sit at the head of the table and then we, we did a mock product launched. So everybody was like, 
uh, yes, cool. It's go. It's a go. It's a go. And then finally we get back around to Sir Patrick Stewart. Obviously he's playing captain Picard in this like little bit that we're doing. And he tr- looks at me and he says, engage, uh, which is obviously like a huge thing that he does in the show. Cause he's the captain and that's how they start warp speed. So for me, I was like, holy shit. Like captain Picard just told me to engage. This is the coolest thing in my life. So anyway, that happened. So there's moments like that where I'm like, Oh my God, this happened. Those are my favorite. I think that's so incredible that you were able to meet Sir Patrick Stewart. That's that's pretty epic. So Elon Musk becomes the owner of Twitter on October 28th, 2022 for a record $44 billion. What was that like and like what happened after Elon Musk came in? sure sure i think it's uh um i mean like the whole the whole process even started way earlier than that obviously that's like when the acquisition closed but the whole process started like way way earlier than that because in like i don't know march or april he was like i'm gonna buy the company and with these big companies and these big things with shareholders especially with the company's public like there's a whole lot of steps um but basically he was like i'm gonna buy the company and then he tried to, and then then he backed out, and there was all the thing, and then Twitter was Twitter Inc. The company was like, "Bro, you can't back out because we have an agreement." <laughs> and then he was like, "Okay, fine, I'll do it anyway." So he, I think he begrudgingly bought it. Um, he ends up acquiring it. So like we knew like the process was happening or coming. Um, so it wasn't like a surprise per se. And, and for a lot of us, me included, I mean, we didn't really care who owned the company. Like we just want to work on what we work on and make an impact and do the stuff that we like and um, enjoy and, and bring these experiences to more folks and, and grow the company and the brand, et cetera. Like again, marketing, that's what we worked on. Um, I'm not like writing code in the back. Um, so for me, it's like, you know, I don't really care who, who owned uh, the company um billionaires are billionaires so uh, there's a lot of folks in similar kind of in a similar vein um to me, to myself so you know it wasn't a surprise and then and then it happened i think um uh it, yeah end end of october sounds about right cuz it was near halloween so it happened and then like there wasn't any drastic changes for me personally until like a week or two later that's when stuff started to ha- kind of roll down the pipeline and then obviously he like laid everybody off um which was pretty wild but but yeah i mean um uh, what i can say is like basically it doesn't sound like elon believes in marketing as an organization communications as an organization business development as an organization i mean there was entire departments cut uh and and you've probably read of like some of the wild stories that like have happened i mean twitter didn't work for a a few hours at all like a couple days ago um because he let go of the team that was handling a particular thing and you know stuff broke uh so it's just kind of wild to see how it all happened uh I think so like I think when it when the acquisition happened I think again we were like "Uh, we don't care who owns a company and there's no way he's gonna like fire everybody right (laughs) and then he did we were like oh man this is not a smart move and the the craziest part is is like we I'm I'm still addicted to Twitter I love it and all of us that worked on it were so passionate about like how much of a powerful tool it is and how fun it is to use and Twitter so unique um, in the world again, like when the, when things started like 
coming together. There, folks were like, where are we going? Are we going to Hive? Are we not? Like, you know, I'm talking from like, you know, just a user standpoint, like me being myself. I was like, man, are we going to Hive? Like, what are, what are we doing? Um, what should we use? Because Twitter's so unique, right? And it doesn't have like a direct replacement. Um, so uh, that uniqueness and how fun it is and the things that can only happen on Twitter, like a lot of us are passionate, but we want Twitter to freaking succeed. Like I'm addicted to it, but it's just wild how everything played out in the public space. Uh, and I've been pretty vocal about it. If anyone's seen my tweets, <laughs> but I've been uh, pretty vocal about it, but um, yeah, I think it's just kind of insane how it played out the way it did. Cause there was a lot of, there was a lot, and there's still are a lot of companies that are laying off in tech and, and whatnot. So I mean, Twitter's not unique in that capacity. There's been some crazy stuff happening just in the industry. Um, so you know, it just that Twitter became a very large story because I think it was playing out so publicly um, between like the current employee base at the time and like new management and uh, everyone wanted to talk about it. So uh, what was it like? It was wild. <laughs> There's a few stories I can't tell, but basically most things that folks have probably read in like the New York Times and The Verge are completely accurate. I know that, you know, now you're, St. Jude and working on such an important cause and mission and it's sometimes you know you you go through these changes right that really take you to a better place and I, I definitely think that this is one of those circumstances and I can tell you that for me as a Twitter user it's a little scary with all the changes that are happening Sure. Because yeah. like Twitter seems broken. Like, you know, I, I have the check mark now, which is paid for, really. Um, which I don't want to support Elon, you know. Um, but it's definitely scary to see some of the things that are changing right in front of our eyes um at Twitter. And I my heart goes out to all of the individuals who lost their jobs because of mismanagement and the way that the new philosophy is around what Twitter should be and its future. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like it is what it is. Businesses be businesses, billionaires be billionaires. What can you do? Right. So for me and my advice to everyone, even in similar predicaments, um, you know, you can control what you can control. So seize that. You know, we're a Destiny podcast, so let's let's talk a little bit more about Destiny. If you can recall a time when you completed your very... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. The first raid, what was that experience like? Which raid did you first complete? Oh, my God, first raid. Uh, obviously, that was Destiny 1. Well, what was my first raid? Um, uh, what, what was the first raid? I don't even remember. Was it Crota? Was it? Was, it was, it was Vog. Oh, yeah, Vol- yeah, Vault of Glass. Uh, I think completing Vault of, Vault of Glass was definitely my first raid. Uh, I remember going into it like because because obviously D1 like you could show up at like the front door of like the vault itself you know the plates and whatnot because it was just there and I remember like we I didn't even know like the raid existed yet because it was you know stuff would just show up in destiny we didn't really like know about it at the time because it was so long ago and it worked differently so I remember like being on like and seeing people on like plates and, and what I'm like, what the hell? Like I've never seen these before. Like this is new. Uh and I remember like I was like, how do we do this? And I remember like Googling it and like this is how it starts. So you have to do this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like we can do that. So I remember getting my friend group and getting six of us together was like just wild and a cool experience alone. We were like, this is this is um pretty memorable. And we failed spectac- spectacularly. Like we didn't know what to do. Uh, we were in blind. We didn't have any guides. Um, so we, I think we tried for like two or three days. We were like, oh, this sucks. And then we kind of gave up. And then I think a few weeks later, I had found for the first time, and I had no idea this thing existed yet, but like I had found an LFG website online. And I was like, oh, well, let me, let me join because none of my friends are available. Like, let me, let me put my name up here. And, and I, and I joined an LFG website. I think it was literally called Destiny LFG. Like I don't, I don't remember, but yeah, I joined I remember it. Remember that? And yeah. <laughs> it's it's a lot easier now because it's literally in the game. But um, yeah, but joining up was wild. Uh, back in the day, I had to like have my laptop there, like sign up, keep refreshing, and like the kids got it easy nowadays. But uh, yeah, I joined up, and this raid group, we had no idea what we were doing. But there were six of us, and one person had completed it before, and they were kind of like helping us. I guess they were the Sherpa, but there was no, there was no guidance. Oh my god, we were there for like fourteen or sixteen hours in the Vault of Glass. Um, uh, I was not married yet, so like it was, I, I just like we just stayed in there. It was the entire same group. Like, you know, I didn't have any disturbances. I we were just there. We were locked in, and it, it took us like sixteen or seventeen hours to do it. 
And when we did it, oh my God, the weight that was lifted off my shoulders and the experience. Like I remember, again, I'm not a PVE guy, but like when you do those crazy hard things, and this was one of those things because it took so freaking long. It was like, holy crap, I just finished that mountain. That was awesome. And then like, I was like, I need more. Like obviously the adrenaline spiked, right? Like you, you overcame this adversity as a group. Um, companionships, friends were formed. Like this is what Destiny excels at. Um, so that was my first. Uh, we Crota was awesome. I, I think Crota is probably the raid that I did the most of because it was pretty easy to grind. And then especially once there are people cheesing it and you just join LFGs for that, that was awesome. Then I got my galley. Um, then, uh, yeah, I, and then the friend group kind of pitter, pittered out after that. So we, I never completed um, the Siva Vault of Iron Lords one, whatever it was called. Wrath of the Machine, I think. Oh, it's such a good I, ne- I never finished it. Well, we got to like this, the plower the wall plow thing at like the beginning. And then, Oh, the always like fail. yeah, the Zamboni, like the, <laughs> the Mad Max giant Zamboni. Uh, and I never got past that. So that was like, again, like kind of towards the end of destiny, destiny one. So like that just kind of gave up there. Cause a lot of my friends stopped playing. Didn't have a group. The LFGs that I did try, we just never did it. And I was like, all right, I'm over it. And then destiny two came out and I was like, all right, cool. Let's go to PVP. Shadow Price, what about you? What was your first raid memory that you can recall? It was with you, <laughs> from what I can recall. It was uh, Vault of Glass. It was actually at Atheon. We got brought into a group at Atheon. This is when they were still teleporting like people like uh, that you put it to the back of the map. You put three people to the back, and it would teleport those three people and everything. So... It was funny. It, it was cool. I mean, it was the first, it was kind of a backwards way to get in the raid for the first time, but it was, uh, I, it turned me into a, a raider in the game. And, you know, once we beat it that first time, you know, that was awesome. We had our moment of jubilation and, but then we would just go in and just do it in 30 minutes, like, and do it on three characters back to back to back on like reset night. So, and that, you know, became like a, you know, it came like a theme we did every week. It became a ritual. So it was, yeah, that was the humble beginnings. You know, I remember when very early on, one, we had to include a warlock in the group. We're not going to talk about why you all can research <laughs> that. <Yeah>. But <laughs> we had some good times nonetheless. Uh, but I remember when... We didn't get our Gallarhorn or Vex. And we literally deleted our character so we can go and play through the story again only for a second chance of playing the raid because we really wanted that Gallarhorn. We really wanted that exotic. And finally, we found, I believe it was a Houndish video and put up a video about like these guardians just hanging out on the cosmodrome shooting at a loot cave and we ended up making that a ritual where we would literally have an entire system in place where we would go and farm the afternoon to hopefully get our exotic bread and it didn't happen until much later for me at least when i got my first gallarhorn that was during crota's end 
down when you go into the stills. And there was a chest on the left side. If you go to a certain area where you were able to open that chest, and one morning, holy crap, that Gallarhorn came out, and I was just so happy. But it took it took months for me to get mine. But I yeah, remember our raid experiences trying to get that Gallarhorn. Good times. Definitely some good memories. Yeah, the, and, see, the thing is, is like the drop rates were like really low back then too, just for like legendaries in general, like during Vanilla Destiny. So it made you want to grind more, play more, you know, really like really get engaged and like love your weapon that you like. That's why I'm so connected with Shadow Price, like the weapon because that was my weapon that was the one that i got that was my first legendary like weapon so that was the one so that's where it came from now i know mm -hmm. so shiraz question for you about you know your overall destiny experience and i'm curious what are you most proud of from your achievements being in destiny for almost a decade now. What are some memories oh, that come yeah. to mind and what are you really proud of? Yeah, I'd probably go back to just the Luna's Howl, getting that, <laughs> getting recluse. Like I was like so uh, pumped <laughs> to, to like get those. But man, Luna's Howl was just like mind blowing. Like that was, that was probably the coolest thing for sure. I mean, it was so hard <laughs> for me again, like l learning Destiny as a PvP. Like, uh, it's a, you know, something that th just the gunplay and, and, you know, the PVP aspect of Bungie is, uh, the dopamine that I get <laughs> in PVP and destiny is hard to replicate in other games. Oh my God. I got like a play day packs. I tried other stuff and it just doesn't hit the same way, but, um, yeah, that's but, right. Uh, we, we just keep coming back for more. <laughs> yeah. No, we keep mean. coming back for more. Right. Uh, and I want more of it. Um, and having something that's equivalent to like, I don't know, Grandmaster or Raid or whatever, but like in PVP is like just, it was so awesome. It was so awesome to have that. And again, it was kind of like a trophy on your hip, like when you had the gun, right? So it, it honestly felt like a real accomplishment um, to get that. So um, that, that and, and same thing, like getting unbroken, like at the time, like um, what were like when I started, I was like, oh man, I'm never going to get this. And then like, putting in the time and the work and the energy to like learn things and like put them into practice and like practice. And, you know, I, I'm the type of person, again, coming from halo, like th things were different back in the day, but like, you know, when you got slaughtered playing team slayer in halo, I'm the, from the type of person where like, okay, if I got wrecked in PVP, like I want to get better back in there. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I want to get back in there. So I'm at the other end of it, but I know that's not everybody, right? Like some people will just, you know, be like, uh, oh, this sucks. <laughs> I'm getting no, I, destroyed. I'm yeah. with you. I'm, I was the same. Like, uh, the, Halo 3 was the one that I really, like, jumped into uh, with the PvP and had formed their, our little group called the Dictator Tots at the time and everything. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun just uh, going in there and trying to... I liked... I loved the ranking system they had during the time, you know, that yeah. time. Yep. You know, it's like... 
hopefully they can, you know, they're working to get that in destiny too. Like they're, they're, they're getting there. Like, I feel like this season has gotten better with the way the ranking system is in the crucible. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just being forged in the depths of ranked halo back in the day, like, you know, I kind of brought that same philosophy to just destiny and PVP. Obviously destiny and PVP is like, not, you know, as competitive as something like Valorant or Halo Infinite or whatever, but right. Like there's so many different PVP games now, but like, again, for me getting that dopamine, the the way it works in, in destiny is I think hard to replicate. And I've tried many other games, so I can, I can't do it. Um, but yeah, just, just the PVP, like milestones, like those, those are, those are so awesome. So many great memories. So Shiraz, what is next for you in your journey? Well, I think, uh, you know, specifically in Destiny, I look, I look forward to, uh, to more maps. <laughs> I, I look forward to more trials hey. weekends. With, with, yeah. uh, I really look forward to that stuff. But for me, I'm looking forward to Lightfall. I definitely want to play it. Um, the Spider-Man wild in the air aspect is going to be super interesting. I look forward to seeing how it shakes up the crucible for sure. Um, so, but what's next is, you know, um, just coming on to this role here at St. Jude and, um, being able to really, again, make impact, I think is going to be a big focus area of mine. Um, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to keep grinding that old destiny. I gotta, I gotta finish my, uh, gilding on flawless. Again, I do that every season. Got to get it done. Um, but yeah, those are the big things for me. PvP. Um, probably I might actually spend a little bit more time in Halo too. I, again, I'm a masochist, so I play I play Destiny <laughs> and Halo. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, that's where I get my fix. So I, I I'll be continuing to doing that, but I'll be focusing on um, work as well. I love that. And um, I'm curious, which version of Destiny to Lightfall? Are you picking up or did you pick up? So I got the collector's edition, no game. Um, I have, I have every collector's edition from every version and expansion of destiny and I've never opened them. So they're just sitting on a shelf. I I think I'll find the tweet. I have a picture of them, but I have every single one from destiny one, any type of collector collector's edition and they've never been opened. They're just sitting there still sealed. So I'm very thankful that now destiny has a version where there's no game inside. At least <laughs> I'm saving a little bit of money now. Cause normally I'd buy that one and then I'd go buy the digital version of the game as well. I guess I'm still kind of doing that. I guess I'm probably not saving any money cause I still buy it on steam. I still buy it on Xbox. They always get me, you know, I got to buy it on everything. So, but yeah, I got the collector's edition. It actually just arrived this morning. Uh, I, I just opened the box again, not the package, not the actual item, but I did open the box. So it's on my shelf now. I'm I'm slightly jealous because uh, I'll tell you I did order a collector's edition. I mean, you have to, right? You know, how how do you not? Exactly. Um, I've actually also purchased every single collector's edition, and I probably talk about it every episode because I'm like fanboying about my Destiny One Ghost Edition that's signed by like half the team. But it's such a cool like thing for me to have because of how much destiny has impacted my life overall. So it's pretty cool to like be able to have that, but I'm a little salty at the moment because I'm seeing 
pictures on social media and everybody talking about their collector's edition and I'm here crickets still waiting it's processing Bungie please help thank you mm-hmm. that would be great and Shadow I'm sure Price, it's coming. You're, you're waiting for yours too right yeah yeah I, I've been hearing that you t- said that uh, other people have been receiving them and things like that and it sounds like Shiraz received his that's awesome and also jealous so yeah hoping to get mine soon Bungie, please and thank you. You um, have been asked for our collector's edition, so please make sure to get it to us safely soon. And we will be posting all of the good good on our channels, so make sure to keep an eye out for that. And I'm also really happy that we have a version that doesn't include the game. Why, you might ask? Well, it's because I get a chance to purchase my copy of Destiny 2 Lightfall from our friends at Green Man Gaming, who are so freaking awesome. We're giving away copies of Destiny 2 Lightfall right on the channel, and Green Man Gaming is coming in with the good good because we're giving you a chance to save 15% off your copy of Destiny 2 Lightfall from Green Man Gaming. You can pick up the complete edition with the annual pass for $84.99 here in the U.S., which is pretty good. And you get the Quicksilver Exotic Ornament as you get ready for Lightfall. And you can pick up your favorite games at discounted prices from our friends at Green Man Gaming. Save some money. Tell them that we said hello. And thank you for supporting the show. And also, we want to thank our friends at HelloFresh who help us to eat well in the new year. And we know that the process can be pretty stressful. So HelloFresh makes it easy. They have 50, they have 35 weekly recipes available for you. And you have all of your favorite options delivered right to your door. And HelloFresh makes it easy to eat healthy, delicious meals. And we teamed up with HelloFresh to give you a discount so you can save 65% off your first box and you'll get free shipping. Use promo code POGHF88690. I know that's a mouthful. And tell HelloFresh that we said thank you for supporting the show. But Guardians, we are not done yet. We have a few more things to talk about here on the show. We have an update from Bungie thanks to our community manager, Hippie. And we have an update from the Destiny community dev team or the Destiny dev team on the Strand subclass and the future of Destiny to Lightfall with 3.0. And Shadow Price, do you want to tell us what we learned from the Destiny dev team? Yes. So... As you know, with the launch of Lightfall, we're going to get the Strand subclass and the future 3.0. And in Destiny 2's newest damage type will be Strand, and it's arriving in Lightfall. It's going to be moving all three light subclasses to the subclass 3.0 system. It's going to allow more players more customization and build crafting capabilities than ever before. Their goal is to get back to roughly where they were when the 30th anniversary pack launched in December 2021. And the changes to the ability, energy, economy, and lightfall of subsequent seasons to correct 
ability uptime while still rewarding players for investing in build crafting and fine tuning their guardian into their perfect monster slaying machines. Okay, so, so let's 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 backtrack. So we got Strand. It's coming with Lightfall. We know that we have three subclasses and we just got a video, right? And um I'm curious, do you did you all get a chance to check out the video? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw it. And cool. I know what Shiraz is going to say. I know his he's going to be really excited about that Titan subclass come Lightfall. But yeah. what, what are you excited about in terms of the subclasses? I'm just excited to get a new subclass, like it to be so different from all their other subclasses, to be a dark another darkness subclass, to have like the... <laughs> web slinging capabilities of you know the be able to like swing around with it kind of like you know a la spider-man and things like that so that's really cool yeah you know you can reach higher you know locales and things like that you know it's probably going to break the game in some ways but you know that's to be expected right no it's, probably, it's not going to break the game it's probably going to break pvp <laughs> Because you're going to be able to get up to places and probably find a perch to snipe from somewhere or do some air sniping with a warlock or, or you know, with a hunter doing some crazy stuff or whatever, you know. So it's definitely going to be interesting finding out what people are going to discover with these new subclasses. And I can tell you, I'm I'm really excited for that Titan subclass with the Threadrunner. Looks so awesome. Like I feel like that will allow for you to be Spider-Man, literally. So I think the prospect of that is very exciting for me personally to be able to relive my Spider-Man fantasy in Destiny. And now I'm curious, Shiraz. You know, we have a Titan subclass coming with the Berserker. And um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm just more curious about how it's going to actually play and feel like um, more so. I mean, Stasis, like when I saw that, I was like, eh, it looks cool. It didn't really, it, it didn't really get me excited until they finally released a shard for like the uppercut that lets you put up the wall when you froze folks. Then I kind of cared about it. but. Again, I'm I'm pretty set in my way, so I'm an Arc Titan, and I I pretty much never, unless I have to, because I'm in Trials, and it's the one thing that I need is that freaking bubble, and hopefully I'm glad they're changing it. So I I never play Solar, and I, and I don't really play Void at all, um, unless I have to. But I'm an Arc Titan, so for me, Stasis didn't really like capture my attention until that uppercut came, and I was like, oh, this is cool. So if there's something that's new and fresh but lets me still play the way i want to play and gives me something that's like that <laughs> that's like a fun melee that will just make people scream um <laughs> and 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 feels good and fun and then i'm going to be all for it so it looks really interesting i don't know how it's going to play in pvp which i what i care about but like kind of suspending like a bunch of pve enemies and kind of just punching them from the air like it looks interesting but i'm not 
super excited about it until I touch it and see what it feels like in PvP. That's fair. And I, I love your focus on the PvP aspect, so that that's great. Do you think yeah, it's going to break PvE? Sorry, break PvP? Do you think it's going to break PvE? Like, for example, the raid that we're going to be playing? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think okay. I'm sure Budgie's done a ton of testing on it. I mean, but uh, I mean, I don't think Stasis broke anything in PvE when that came out. So I, I feel like it's probably been thoroughly tested in that environment, probably. And there might be fun stuff that we figure out because there's like all these shards I was reading about. They're pretty interesting. So maybe the combinations, there's something interesting with something or a weapon that's going to probably they could break something for sure. But I think if something were to break, <laughs> it'd be wild similar to stasis it might be in pvp i can see that for sure so we know that bungie is making some pretty massive changes to the energy and ability economy come lightfall there are a lot of things that they're going to be doing that will effectively change how we play the game from how we craft weapons to how we think about our abilities and stats. And I'm curious, are you both excited about these changes or are you on the cautious side of how they're going to affect the game as we get ready for season 20 and Lightfall? I'm probably more selfish about it in the sense of like, <laughs> how's it going to affect me <laughs> for my one play style that I care about? Uh, again, arc aggressive Titan. Um, I, I'm super like, I'm running 10 Rezo and I have like forever, even when we didn't have to, like I'm a, I'm a Rezo guy. I want to be always the tankiest. Um, so hopefully I can build into something like that and it feels really good and, and it works then, then I'm all for it. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting how how it all works, especially with like the new things that slot into your armor. I was reading about like uh, it's gonna be interesting how how the builds are, and I think the builds part of the game is is gonna be awesome because I think it's like where content creators have their most fun, and like it's the type of stuff that like you know you can start to experiment with and and make different types of things um i think it's gonna be awesome for the game uh and and it helps i think keep things fresh too um but yeah i'm probably more selfish about it like how is it gonna either nerf me or buff me <laughs> in what i do i mean destiny is the game that allows for you to live out your power fantasy so you would want for that to be honored and preserved as you craft your legend come this lightfall Oh, absolutely. Bungie nerfed me with my shoulder charge, so I'm not happy about that. And they nerfed my dunes. <laughs> oh my god. So like I want my shoulder, I want my one hit shoulder charge back. Look, I'm a big beefy titan. I'm a, I'm a big boy. I I'm not I'm not I got no dodge. Can't just, you know, what what can I do? I, I want a shoulder charge. Bring bring it back, Bungie. And Bungie is they're making a sweeping changes to the game. Looks like they're rescaling the um effect effectiveness of your discipline strength and your class abilities for your grenades 
So that's going to be a pretty big change come late fall. Um, according to the dev team, they stated that the regen provided by tier 10 stat is roughly equivalent to a tier 8 in the current system, but that will be changing come Lightfall. Um, and then they also mentioned that the stats will now provide a more consistent gain in your cooldown reduction than what we've had before. In addition to impacting your legendary armor with having more mod slots available for building your power fantasy guardian so that's kind of exciting and oh, no, um, i'm curious how these changes will impact the game overall because it's destiny will fundamentally feel like a different game with these changes because it seems to me like these are fundamental core changes to how your guardian like plays and how the abilities work and uh it definitely makes me both excited and um cautious i would say because i know that without having the ability to test across a wide range of player base it can be a challenge for them to really fully know how it's going to impact things until the game is actually out so it's going to be interesting for sure especially in the first i would say month or two as they readjust and get player data mm -hmm. yeah definitely i just want my shoulder charge i want my melee back as quickly as possible i'll be building into that <laughs> so we, we know that there are some big changes coming to some of the super abilities uh, Rome supers are getting some big changes. And just to give you all a quick rundown of that, they are increasing the maximum number of orbs uh, for roaming supers from five to seven. They are also increasing the. Uh, what is it here? The maximum number of orbs of power that you can have. So that's going to be another pretty big change um, they're going to be bringing in the game. Um, Thunder Crash is getting a lot of changes too. According to Bungie, it's currently too difficult to counter in the Crucible. Have you noticed that at all? Have you both noticed anything with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, like when people pop it, you just run. <laughs> like you, there's no way to counter it or it just snipe them out of it i I, yeah. snipes, I sniped someone right out of their thunder crash like last amazing week. it was yeah. nice i clipped it <laughs> that's awesome uh yeah or or have a warlock on your team that can freeze them that's basically it like <laughs> so i'm glad they're making it less accurate uh i'm just bummed they're not um like buffing the the other one the landfall striker titan where i can hulk fist my way down because uh, they nerfed that a while ago and and yeah, i mean you if you run that super you're you're not getting it for an entire trials match there's just no way it so you have to run thunder crash so i wish they adjusted it a little bit so you didn't just have to run thunder crash only like you had a choice of super so but the time of it and the cooldowns for 
you know, the supers and all that whatnot. It just, it hasn't happened. I don't, I think I read they're, they're only buffing that one in PVE, I think. Um, but yeah, Thunder Crash is just a pain to, to counter. So I'm actually kind of glad they're, they're, uh, they're nerfing that a little bit. I fought lightning with lightning. I, I, I used my, uh, cloud strike to snipe, snipe, uh, Thunder Crash Titan. That was it was nice. <laughs> yeah, and we do also know that the Word of Dawn is getting quite a few changes that are coming this lightfall. And Bungie did provide a pretty extensive article on the uh Bungie.net website that covers all of the changes that they're going to be bringing to the game in terms of the subclasses. So Definitely do make sure to check that out. All right, Guardians, we are back. And we're going to continue the conversation on all of the changes that are coming with Destiny 2 Lightfall, with the Strand subclass, and with the Supers in version 3.0 that's coming with Season 20. And I'm I'm curious, Shadow Price, what are you most excited for with the Strand video that we saw? The Hunter is the most like Spider-Man, I feel like. I agree. Uh, um, the way the movement is. And, you know, so, yeah, that's what I'm most excited about. I'm most excited to get my hands on that and to start playing with it in, in the game in all elements of the game in PVP, PVE, and, you know, just finding some new ways to interact with my guardian. Like that's not just like the normal three subclasses plus, you know, stasis, which I don't really use on my Xbox. Um, we won't talk about that though. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to jump in and really experiment with the, with the new strand subclass on on all three characters i i leveled all my characters up this season i really want to definitely jump into next season like and have all my characters ready to go at a moment's notice because i really want to experiment all across the board with all the characters and their new abilities no totally and i'm i'm in the same boat i think i'm most excited for the hunter because you know i'm a hunter main that's for life you know, that's just how it needs to be. But I am very excited for the Warlock ability, too. I would say I'm kind of excited for the Titan, too. But I'm, you know, I'm I'm more of a hunter. And then after that, I would I would say that the uh, Brood Weaver looks really, really cool. So I'm going to have to give the Warlock my, my second um, favorite of all of the strand subclasses that we saw you know the titan has like those spikes or those blades on the end of his uh hands his or her hands and it reminds me of uh baraka from mortal kombat you know remember baraka he had the blades and everything See, i'm i'm not as excited about it because it reminds me of blade barrage um mm. i'm just i'm just saying saying but maybe it's the, hun the hunter built blade barrage. What's that? 
the Hunter Blade Barrage. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I saw that. If you look at the video. Yeah, I I just saw the spikes and it reminded me of like Baraka. <laughs> I I definitely I definitely I definitely see that inspiration for sure. I'm sure there are quite a few Mortal Kombat fans working over at Bungie who definitely had some inspiration there. Yeah, and and, even the um, what is it? The grappling hook, almost like you know, on the ground when they're using it, it reminds me of Scorpion a little bit too. You know, Scorpion, get over here. <laughs> that's classic. Come on. Yeah. So, Guardians, we have one more thing to talk about tonight on the show. We have a Bungie weekly update or a This Week at Bungie. And this week, our community manager, Hippie, is back with news to share from Bungie. Quick recap, there is a Lightfall Exotics preview available Go on and check that out by visiting Bungie.net. There is also a deeper look into the weapon changes that are coming this late fall. And public service announcement, there is a 24-hour maintenance coming on February 27th at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you are ready for that because the game's going offline as we get ready for the good good with Destiny 2 Lightfall that will be coming out the very next day. And do check out the update that Bungie shared last week on Black at Bungie. They shared ways that you can support the um, really important cause to support um, African Americans and to um, support their really important effort to make sure that all voices are heard. So definitely check that out with last week's update. But I do also want to share some really tough stuff that's going on in the world. It seems like we can't seem to get rid of bad news lately. But um, there were some pretty serious er earthquakes out in Syria and Turkey. And I'm sure, Shadow Price, you've heard about this on the news. Yeah, it's devastating. Yeah, so really, really, really tough. Um, the Bungie Foundation is coming in to raise money to support the earthquake relief effort from Syria and Turkey. Um, so what happened was in the early hours of Monday, February 6th, there was a 7.8 magnitude earthquake that struck in Turkey and Syria um, around the border. And that caused a lot of damage and over 11,000 people have been killed from this devastating um, natural disaster. And Bungie is coming in to raise money. Teams to Give has pledged $50,000 to the Direct Relief and the International Rescue Committee. And um, they are raising money to help these people who are affected by these terrible um, occurrences. And you are able to help to make a difference. Uh, the call to action is for the Destiny community to join Bungie in supporting the humanitarian efforts. And they are creating a special emblem that will allow for you to um, show off your guardian, but also support a really great cause with your $25 donation, 
you get the compassion concentric emblem that's available right now by visiting bungie uh, b-u-n-g-i slash uh what is it quake and we're going to also share the um links in the show notes for this episode but there is more to talk about from this update um every day is fly day with strand as we talked about earlier today we have a new trailer that came out from bungie and they have a new article that talks about strand and the ways that you will be able to build your guardian and relive your spider-man fantasy there are some new terms that you're going to have to learn so get ready guardians you'll be able to suspend unravel and sever and there is an entire breakdown of all of the changes that are coming with strand subclass and shadow price did you get a chance to read that article i um skimmed through some of it and it's okay. uh so skimmed. Yeah. you have, you have mm. an idea yeah very cool and there but i was is... really interested in the trailer i really watched the trailer a few times over they really do such a great job with all of these trailers it's it's such a such an amazing uh effort that bungie team puts on with their game and it's always exciting to experience the game when it first comes out and to get to play such an awesome game and also bungie did also talk about some latency things uh apparently with season 19 there were some latency issues that were caused by valve and steam and their uh steam data gram relay system that was causing a little bit of lag and the way that liana described it was one or more players standing against the wall or not taking damage for several seconds teleporting across the map and possibly getting killed in that process have you had anything like that happen during season 19 shadow oh yeah definitely during pvp for sure definitely in the iron banner definitely an iron banner i saw it happening for sure so there is an entire breakdown explanation about everything that took place uh but apparently the issue was resolved and it was being caused by a misconfiguration let's call it uh on the part of steam valve so it's really good to hear that they are resolving that issue because I definitely had that happen on numerous occasions, especially last week as we were playing Iron Banner. Um, I've had quite a few matches where I had some questionable things happen, and I wasn't really sure if it was my connection or not, so I gave Bungie the benefit of the doubt, but it's really nice to see that you know it was an actual in-game bug that they have been able to resolve and of course guardians we have a new strand uh coming 
And with that, there are some fashion updates that Bungie is sharing with us. Uh, when Lightfall comes out, every item that changes its appearance based on your currently equipped subclass will be compatible with Strand. So there you have it. And there is an entire list of items that will be compatible with this new feature. So definitely exciting to hear about that. You know, any opportunities for us to maintain our Guardian while experiencing all the new stuff that's coming from Bungie is always a welcoming change. And you can read more about all of the different items that are being um, impacted by this in the update. There are also crafting changes coming in Lightfall. And um, the following things are coming with uh, the new expansion with Lightfall. Bungie will be completely removing resonant elements from the game. You will now have to use your currency, glimmer, enhancement cores, etc. to account for that cost difference that we'll be seeing. Uh, Bungie is also removing deep sight attunement altogether and resonant and harmonic alloys will still be usable at launch but there are going to be some changes made at a later date so do keep an eye out for that and Bungie also shared the Amazon Prime gaming rewards it's nice to see them continue that the Sunshot Exotic Hand Cannon, the Red Dwarf Sunshot Weapon Ornament, uh, the Jotnir Exotic Sparrow, a Ghost Projection, and a Surprise is waiting for you if you are able to unlock your Prime Reward with this uh, Prime Gaming Bundle. So definitely make sure to check, it, check that out. Always great to have more stuff to enjoy with our Lightfall experience. Um, Liana also talked about a few other things here with the update. Uh, we have Festival of the Lost uh, that's going to be coming, and Bungie was asking for the community to step in and let their voice be heard. And Bungie wanted to know if we were going to pick spiders versus beetles. And I'm curious, Shadow Price, what what did you vote for? I didn't vote. <laughs> um, but if I had voted, I probably would have voted for the spiders. I think the spiders look uh look pretty cool. Okay. Um if we can still vote, then I will probably vote for the spiders. So you're a team spider. Okay. Yeah. I can respect that. Well, Hunters had 56% of the vote for Team Spider. And Titans voted 72% for Team Spider. And lastly, Warlocks came in voting 53% for Team Beetle. Interesting. But overall, Team Spider prevailed and 
congratulations to Team Spider for winning the... See, I don't have to vote now. Spider's won. It has been chosen. The decision has been made. And also, Shadow Price, I will let you know, the next Trials map has been revealed as, drumroll, Radiant Cliffs, with 44% of the vote. Boo. Thoughts boo, on that? Boo, boo, boo. Are you excited? Boo, boo, boo. What, do you th- what do you think? That is like my least favorite map in all of Destiny is Radiant Cliffs. I do not like that map. Um, I don't know if it's because I was kind of um, traumatized by somebody getting into one of the glitch spots one time before in that map and just wiping me out every time and me not be able to shoot at them. So I kind of think it just left some bad taste in my mouth. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'm I'm going to take your judgment on that because I, full disclosure, the last time that I played Trials, man, it was, I think, back in Destiny 1. I don't think I've really played too much Trials in D2, unfortunately. So I can't really comment too much on that. But we do also have a few more updates from Bungie. Player support updates, Guardians. Uh, We have the Destiny content vault that was introduced a while, while back. And Bungie did confirm they are no longer adding expansion content to the Destiny content vault, meaning things will not start going away as quickly as they have been. But players can expect for Season 16 through 19th content to be affected by the vaulting system. Uh, and they actually had quite a bit to say on this. Um, apparently, players can expect for all season 16 through 19th content to enter the DCV, as they elegantly put it, excluding the uh, PSYOPs battleground and Season 19 Heist Battleground. Um, And they will be replacing uh, that with the Vanguard Ops playlist that will be starting with Season 20. Uh, There are quite a few things that are going to be deprecated come Destiny 2, Year 6, as they call it. With the launch of Lightfall on February 28th, 2023, Destiny 2 will be transitioning from year 5 to year 6. And there is a list of things that will be going away. And wow, um, there are quests, currencies, inventory items, all bounties, missions, quests from Season of the Risen. Season can can of we the talk Haunted. about this for a minute? Because... I'm yeah. a little, this is a little bittersweet, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I, a lot of the stuff from that is going away is also from this season, like the Seraph Shield mission and things like that. Like, um, I barely got a chance to play that mission so far this season. So, and how many days we got till Lightfall? 18. So, now I have to really get in there and try to get all of my achievements done for that. And, you know, 
there's still a lot of things I have to do. I, I still haven't finished the catalyst yet for uh, revision zero and stuff. So, and the last season or not last season, uh, the season, what is it? The season of the haunted, I believe is the one that I was starting to play through some of the mission and that I had to take a break for a little bit from the game and I wasn't able to do a lot of that seasonal stuff. And I was just starting to play that the other day. And I believe a lot of that is going away now too. So it's like, dang, I barely got a chance to play any of that stuff. And especially the things from this, this season, like the Seraph shield mission. You know, it's yeah, kinda... I mean, there's there's quite a bit of stuff here that's going away that I honestly didn't expect. How do you feel about it? I think that anything that they are removing from the previous season, I feel it's a bit too soon. I think they need to create a structure where you have at least a couple of seasons to enjoy the content and finish whatever content you may be missing. Because things from season 19, maybe some people have not completed. So taking that away, it, it seems like too soon, right? I mean, I um, get it, though. I, 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 Lightfall is going to be a really big expansion from the sounds of it. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it, and... it really will depend, right, on how much new content we're getting. You know, but uh, I do wish that some of the unlockable items like for example um any specific pinnacle weapon quests that are going away any ornaments that are going away like these are things that i would expect for them to somehow preserve in the game um but while i can see that some of the things that are going away are quality of life improvements and just changes in how they are restructuring the game to to make it more streamlined i still think that content from season 19 that should not really be touched until yeah so soon right a later season yeah i agree and there's there's a lot of stuff and there is an entire article available right now on bungie.net in terms of everything that's going away but Forgetting ritual, pinnacle weapon quest, ornaments, um, anything that became available from the Lost Light exo- Exotic Archive, uh, Risen Umbral Engrams, um, map fragments, ciphers, treasure maps, opulent keys. Like a lot of these things are okay, right? But Removing content from season 19, I feel like, is kind of a big one for me. A little premature. Yeah. I think. Agreed. And Guardians, we have a few more things to talk about tonight on the show. We have some known issues that are happening in the world of Destiny 2. Um, Players who receive a lever penalty in competitive may be not able to launch into the playlist once their penalty has expired so bungie is saying no soup for you that is a glitch um and this can be resolved by swapping characters so fyi 
you end up running into that problem. Switch characters, and hopefully that will fix that problem. There are some visual effects problems with the Symmetry Exotic Perk Revolution. Um, it may continue to display for players once the weapon is stowed. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, the Push the Objective Crucible Bounty does not gain progress in Momentum Control. I think I had that happen to me. And Daily Crucible Bounties for Capturing Zones in Control are not able to be completed when Iron Banner is active. So PSA on that. Um, I think we've briefly talked about that last week, but there are some uh, AI uh, things that are coming to light from um, the Destiny community artists. I think Bungie last week featured an artist that had art that was created using auto-generated computers, AI, artificial intelligence, I don't know. So Bungie did um, put out a statement on their mistake, uh, and they mentioned that they won't do it again. <laughs> no, but they said they will never knowingly do it. Um, but they also mentioned that AI is a new thing for them, which I think that if they are going to feature artists, then as a company of Bungie's size, they need to find systems that are available today in order to check the art to make sure that it's not plagiarized. And I know that there are tools available out there that help you to do that. So maybe I'll reach out and let them know that, hey, this is out there. You can do that. And uh, hopefully we avoid that. Congratulations to all the winners of Artist of the Week and Movies of the Week. We have um, their dating and Osiris for the artists of the week. And then there is a video by Ali Kesar. Um, I might butcher that name, but congratulations to all the winners on your features in this week's Bungie Weekly Update. And Guardians, we have come to that time where we get to wrap things up for the evening. Shadow Price. How you feeling? Pretty good. About the update? Yeah, just, you know, in general, how are you feeling? Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm feeling good. I'm excited for Lightfall. Uh, I wish I had more time to complete the missions that I need to do for this season. I mean, we completed the main story mission which was good because I hadn't been able to do that in either prior season for a while, but I have those extras that I have to complete, like go into the Seraph shield mission again and get the catalyst for revision zero. And there's like the secret with the robo dog getting the, got to get the robo dog. Cause I got, I, I got to see it. You know, I want to see a pet in destiny because it's in there. It's in the game. And I want to, I want to experience it. Don't you? I definitely want to make sure that 
you know, you get a chance to experience that. I did play the the dog mission, and I, I did get a chance to complete that unlockable. However, um, yeah, I want to make sure that, you know, everybody gets a chance to get their stuff done, get your bread. So we'll definitely have to make sure to run you through it this season before the new season begins on February 28th. So we have a tradition on the show. We get to rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls and guardians. We're going to do that tonight as we do every week. And Shadow Price, what do you think? What do you think about the update? There's some good things in here. And I like the call to action about the devastating earthquake that happened in Syria, Turkey. Weight raising awareness for that is is very important. So kudos to Bungie on that, you know, for all the people who that that is affected. And in the same token, though, the other side of it, I'm a little, uh, you know, it's a little, un, I don't know, an, I guess an inconvenience about the whole things going away, being sunset, especially from this season. And Radiant Cliffs, you throw that map in the trash. So uh, <laughs> let me give it a, I'll give it a three and a half stars. Three and a half, sorry, spicy tuna rolls. Three and a half spicy tuna rolls from me. That's how I feel. And what do you give yours? So you're a little salty about that. Just a little. A little Just spicy. A little I'm a little spicy about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I, I can, I can appreciate where you're coming from, for sure, and I definitely see where Bungie can do a better job at communicating these things earlier on. But even better, so giving us a longer time frame between seasonal content, so we get a chance to complete our stuff, even if maybe you didn't get a chance to do everything in season nineteen but you still want to get some stuff done in season 20 from the previous season. So hopefully they make those updates in future seasons. And Guardians, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more generous because I am extremely excited for Lightfall. I love what we saw with Strand. I think that it's really going to shake things up and make things really interesting in the world of Destiny 2, getting to relive our Spider-Man fantasies. I love the update that we got. A lot of a lot of really fun things that are coming with Lightfall. I definitely think that deprecating the content that's going away is too soon. So I will have to take some points away from that. But uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 spicy tuna rolls because I really like the changes that are coming to crafting. I think it's really going to streamline that system in a positive way. I like that the latency issues have finally been resolved. And uh, it's always great to have that. They're doing great efforts to support Syria and Turkey, which is really great. And we're learning more and more about Destiny to Lightfall as we get closer to 
the new expansion. So I'm personally very excited for that. And I think based on that, I'm going to have to go with 4.5 out of 5 spicy tuna rolls. And on that note, Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you and what you do? You can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. Also on the Destiny Show every Friday night at 8. Thank you so much. Very cool. Before we let you go, we do want to know where can the Guardians learn more about you and what you do? Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. It was awesome hanging with you, hanging with you guys. Um, we should definitely squad up soon if you want to join me in pvp i would be more than happy to uh to play uh, also unless you want to carry me in uh uh dares <laughs> i'd be down for that too i gotta finish this freaking uh, i gotta get the catalyst for my for my uh for my sidearm um yeah no thanks for having me uh if you want to catch uh what i'm up to uh my hot takes my memes twitter's probably the best way it's literally just shiraz so twitter.com slash Shiraz. I'm at Shiraz on Twitter. I'm at Shiraz on Twitch. Uh, I don't really stream that much, but uh, when I do, um, it's probably going to be Destiny. Um, so yeah, you can follow me there. Um, but those are those are the big ones. Very cool. Well, Shiraz, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Such a pleasure to finally meet you. And we wish you all of the best in your future at St. Jude and come this light fall and we cannot wait to see you in the tower and to play Destiny with you and we wish you an awesome evening and thank you for joining us. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks for us. And Guardians, thank you so, so much for joining us on the Destiny Show podcast. We really appreciate you joining us tonight. You can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, and every major platform where you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also find us on the web at destinyshow.com. We're just getting ready to push that live button on the new site, so keep an eye out for that. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at The Destiny Show and Guardians. Thank you so, so much for joining us for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. We thank you for joining us and we hope you have an awesome evening. And we hope you enjoy Destiny and we will see you, Starside. Good night, Guardians. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.